Well, it's time for another edition with Banker and with a beer. And uh, here today, uh, solo, Scott's taken off for his su- summer sojourn down to uh, St. Louis. And so I'm uh, going to be running uh, this one myself today. But as always, we have a great beverage and we have a great guest. Our uh, guest today is Jeff Stone. He's co-owner of Swanson's Flooring, and we're going to be talking about commercial real estate and its growth and kind of explosion almost in uh, Eau Claire and the Chippewa Valley over the last decade. And we're going to be doing it with a great beer. Jeff, I know we're going to hit it off right from the beginning because he, <laughs> Jeff made a request for a beer that's really one of my favorites. And uh, long before the days when uh, the IPA has kind of taken over in the summer season, the go-to summer beer was a vice beer and jeff took you know probably my favorite vice beer and we have i think we've had this on the show once it's a hacker show vice made in munich um what's your background on beer before we go into everything else so first of all thanks for having me appreciate it um i got introduced to the hacker shore when i was stationed in germany in the army and i may have overindulged on a night or two (laughs) so it's been a favorite of mine ever since I am not a fan of the IPAs. Um, to me, this is my favorite go-to summer beer. Excellent. Well, while I'm getting the beer poured, give us a little background about you know uh, who Jeff Stone is, are you from the area, uh, and a little bit about uh, Swanson Commercial Flooring. Sure, sure. So, uh, as you had mentioned, uh, co-owner with Dave Swanson of Swanson's Commercial Flooring. Um, I am originally from the Eau Claire area, born and raised, grew up in Elk Mound, graduated, spent some time in the military overseas, um, UW-Eau Claire graduate, and pretty much been working the uh, Eau Claire area my entire life. So with that, I'm going to grab you. you are, Thank so, you. So you can, I, even, I went all out, I even got a, got a fresh lemon I today. Like so if we're going to present this, we're going to present it well. So, first, but before we, we launch into the, the beverages here and, and all, all the questions, but give me a little background of when you started in the business and what it was like back in, I'm guessing it's the middle, late 80s? So, Swanson's Flooring started um, basically right around uh, 1999. Ooh, that's yeah. And... It primarily started with Dave Swanson branching off from another store, realizing the demand for a commercial flooring store in the Eau Claire area, which there was none at the time, or at least one of prominence. So he kind of risked it all, started the started the store, uh, solely going after, not solely, but primarily focusing on the commercial world. And uh, he's been doing it very well ever since we we kind of cater to the eau claire and surrounding probably 100 mile radius we now have uh, kind of branched off into the lacrosse area so it's been a great great fit i got involved about nine years ago i've spent my entire life in um, sales manufacturing Dave kind of called me up wanting to know if I was looking for a change and it just so happened at the time I was, not really knowing what I was getting into. Um, kind of the running joke was, with Dave has been, oh, don't worry, just just make sure fuzzy side's up. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, unfortunately there's a little bit more to it than just that. But uh, it, it is very complex with the 
water-based adhesives, the fast construction schedules, the, the moisture in the concrete, the, it, there's just a lot of stuff you need to know to be successful in this world. Well, it sounds like it could be a long and, uh, and, and draining conversation here. So let's start off with a, with a, with a good beverage. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Oh, that's just so good. Oh, and the lemon makes oh, it. It did. Well, it's only top notch here with <laughs> Banker with the beer. So let's start, talk about, we, we were talking a little bit uh, pre-show about where commercial construction has gone. And, and, and the reason you know, to have you on the program, other than you're a great guy and have a great business, but as a subcontractor in commercial flooring, you have an insight of all the projects that are going on in the area. And frankly, you know, you are the go-to in this area. And every building, every commercial building needs flooring. Correct. So you see every project that's built, every project that's bid, the ones that are come to life, those that pass, you know, they, they are go out to bid, don't come to life. Um, what was it in, well, you've been here for, for nine years, what was it like historically, and what's it like now? And um, I guess I'm predicating my story. When did the inflection inflection happen, and what set things off? Ooh, a lot of things there. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned pre-show, you know, grew up in this area my entire life, and I think for a long time, you know, 70s, 80s, even early 90s. Me being the the novice to the the commercial construction world, I didn't see a lot going on. Yeah, we built a mall in '86. Yeah, we tore one down. You know, we we built apparently a quick trip or two in town, but there wasn't anything major that happened. You you look at the downtown area of Green Bay, Appleton, Milwaukee, La Crosse, very vibrant. Not much happened in ours. I mean, it wasn't until about, you know, 10, 12 years ago where you really saw the, the downtown exploding and the, the city really taking full advantage of two rivers coming together. Arguably the most valuable property in Eau Claire and nothing really happened to it. So uh, what set it off? I don't know. Maybe it was 40 years of built up demand. Um, but we, we really started to see the, the, the impact of the change probably 2000, right after, right after basically our last recession. So 2010. So the time, so the RCU had been built, you know, uh, Pablo was in discussion. I don't know if it actually be done, but but it just seemed like, you know, they're putting kindling ready to, to strike the match. Correct. And then all of a sudden, boom. boom. Yeah. And I'm assuming this is about the time that, um, you know, uh, Swanson needed to have some more managerial help. Correct. Yeah, it was funny because I've known Dave and his family for, for many years. And when I received the phone call, it was, you know, kind of a surprise that, you know, he was, he was inquiring. Um, now looking back on it, he probably would have said, needed to bring me in five years earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, the The level of knowledge you need is just staggering. 
you know, you need to understand construction schedules. You need to understand construction practices. You have to deal with people. You need to understand the industry and its ever-changing world. The the EPA environment, you know, re- regulations for adhesives and all your practices. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And from me being in a world of industrial manufacturing to go to flooring was a huge leap. So, Jeff, do you really still have any real local competition? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. So the, the nice thing about no competition is it breeds competition. So we have a couple uh, stores here in town that still play in the commercial world. Um, I think they have a, a more even split of commercial versus residential, where we are probably 85 to 90% commercial and the rest residential. Um, but we also have a, a huge influx of stores from Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, Appleton, Nina, Milwaukee, uh, Janesville. So they come this far. They come this far. Well, especially, I suppose, if the project is large enough, they can justify Correct. it. Correct. We do not play in their backyard, but for some reason, they feel the need to play in ours. <laughs> Which has got to be frustrating. That being said, uh, I, I, you know, uh, I won't go on a limb here too far, but you're the go-to choice around here. So I think there's, I, I don't know of a project that you've wanted that you haven't been able to to get. So, I mean, I think you do. you are in that position of strength <clears throat> where you can kind of say, all right, here's one we're going to get, or the other one saying, eh, I don't know, this this one either the the there are too many things attached to it. The 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 tight the timing is too tight, or it's correct too much at one time. We just don't know have enough of guys, or frankly, are we're full. You know, you you bring up some really interesting points. Which, when I started, we were just kind of throwing crap at the wall to see what would stick. I mean. I didn't have the the expertise, so we were just trying to get projects under my belt to get me the experience. And lo and behold, the first couple of years, everything we swung at, we hit, which created another problem. Now we have too much work. So over the last nine years, I th- like to think we've gotten smarter on how we've bid work. We're very good now at keeping both weekly, monthly, and yearly calendars, looking at projects, start date, end dates, you know, looking at the man hours required for each job and how they spread out over the course of the year. So we don't get in that situation again. So we are able to look at a schedule now and go, or a project and go, oh, it's gonna bid in this time period. And, you know, we'll take county material complex. I mean, they've been talking about that for how many years? Five, six, seven plus? So we were able to look at it and go, oh, it's going to bid here, but the flooring isn't going to happen for another 18 months. You know, so we have the unique ability to, you know, look at that job and see how bad do we either A, want the work, knowing that we have, we've kind of put our footprint in the Eau Claire area. And we, when it comes to things like the, the Confluence and the Children's Museum, and we, we really want to have a presence in the Eau Claire and Chippewa Valley. So we're able to go a little harder after those projects, or if we look at the schedule and say, you know, we don't have a lot of work in this time time frame, and we want to keep our installers busy, so we, we can be a little bit more aggressive. So we've I'd like to think we've gotten smarter over the years. Well, you said your installer is busy, which leads me to my next question, labor. Yeah. Um, 
difficult for everybody. We have practically zero unemployment around here. Uh, your work is challenging work. Like you said, it, you have to know what you're doing. You have to, you're dealing with chemicals. And I mean, you aren't an equipment operator, and not to say that that's not a skill set, but a lot of people, I mean, what I hear about laborers is they'd much rather operate something than actually put their hands in and, and do the work. You're requiring a lot of manual labor to get this thing done. Correct. How do you find folks? How do you keep folks? How do you keep, you know, that, 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 that piece to the business to me, I think, would be critical to its success. So <clears throat> one of the, the, the downsides with the flooring world is I, I think in certain conversations in the construction world, they don't look at flooring like, you know, you look at a, a guy who deals with iron and a welder and electrician. Those are construction guys. The, the flooring guys typically don't get the same respect. So that has been a little bit challenging. However, we're always keeping our eyes and ears open for anyone that has any interest. There really isn't a strong union force for the, the commercial flooring world here in this area. You go to Minneapolis-St. Paul, you go to Duluth, you go to Milwaukee, Chicago, Green Bay, lots of union. Eau Claire area, not so much. So a lot of the, the installers we get are friends, family, word of mouth, you know, and, and actually, five years ago, we were having some very serious conversations about where are we going to get labor as our labor force was getting old. I'm happy to say in the last 12 months, we now have six people under the age of 24. And five of them want to make this full time. Cool. So I, I think there's an, a changing shift. Um in the schools, I think, you know, for a long time, the message was, if you don't go to college, you're, you're not going to be successful. Well, I, I can tell you, seeing the paychecks of some of our installers, you can be extremely successful being a flooring guy. But be prepared. It's, it's hard work. It's, you know, it's, you're going to, your, your heyday is probably from age 25 to 50. You know, after that, things start going haywire. And, but, you know, we've, we've still got some guys in their 60s still installing floors. Wow. Yeah. So labor is part of it. The other part that came out, we, there were two, well, a number of things. Everyone had their own issues during the, um, the pandemic. But, you know, we wondered as the bank, would construction continue going forward? How can you continue construction with, you know, um, COVID protocols? Um supply chain issues yeah okay so you have people you know uh architects specking out certain kind of flooring for certain areas and you say i can't get that or i can't get it now or i can't get it for 18 months how did you deal with that yeah i tell you what that was you know like everybody the last three years was was tough and we're not in you know in the commercial world we don't get usually to spec things. You know, that's done by the architects, the designers. And in their world, it's all about, well, what what carpet matches the the paint and they don't they don't look at the value of our relationship with our vendors and 
you know, hey, we deal with this supplier a lot. You know, they've got great lead times and great pricing because we do a lot of business. Um, and I really wish they would have leaned more on the, the the subcontractors more. So fortunately, you know, we have enough wherewithal to look at a project and go, okay, this is a year and a half out. We're, we're going to be all right. But you get a lot of remodel projects, which can turn around in six to eight weeks. And when you're dealing with flooring that's out 10 to 12, it's a problem. So you've got to be able to recognize that quickly, you know, and call an audible or at least let the owner or the architect or the the CM or the general contractor know that we can't get this and we've got to make a, we've got to make a switch. So what are, I mean, I'm very ignorant to commercial flooring in terms of, you know, I, I see it, I walk on it, you know, I like it, don't like it or whatever. What are the things that are easy to get? What are the things that are harder to get? What, what's, what are the challenges out there? And, and then where are the trends? So the, the, the challenges right now, we don't really see that many. I think the, the era of the, the COVID excuses is over. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say excuses. I mean, for the most part, they were legitimate. People were short-staffed and, you know, people were trying to work from home. Well, it's hard to be a manufacturer of flooring when your staff's at home. So... We, we, we understand all that. Um, the, 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 the protocol, you know, all the, the, the COVID protocol uh, delays are over for the most part. We still see a few minor delays, but for the most part, we can get pretty much anything within four to six weeks, which is pretty good. The, the trends right now seem to be carpetile and LVT. I, you walk onto any construction site and, well, we're sitting in the room, carpet tile. Um, it, it seems to be the, the easiest thing. And, and just for those of you, so a carpet tile is being a, like a three by three or whatever, 30 inch squares that people put in as opposed to squares, the, planks, the in, old rolls that they used correct, to put out. Correct. And you know, that where it's being sold as, or the, the reason it's being sold is it's easy to install. If there is a a damaged or a stained uh, uh, piece of carpet. It can be easily removed and replaced very quickly. Um, so yeah, that's that's the the overall trend. The, the 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 whole flooring world um, seems to be going that way, residentially and commercially. You're seeing it in houses. You're seeing it in office buildings. You're seeing it in hospitals, schools. It is very much the trend. How about things like, you know, are, are they still doing ceramic? Are they still doing, you know, woods and things like that? Obviously, a, a higher cost, you know, strip. Uh, I see a lot of strip vinyl that's, you know, imitation, you know, the, the laminates that are made to look like right. strip flooring. Some look very good. They look very good, yes. Um, but then again, there must be a whole different level of expertise is trying to install those plus time to let things dry and whatever. So where you're seeing the, the carpet tiles and the LVTs are going to be more office settings, uh, schools, um, where you see the sheet goods, like your sheet vinyl, like you talked about, you go to any, any hospital, they, they are looking for material that's wider. So there's not individual seams every six inches because you've got the infectious control to deal with. So now 
they want six foot, nine foot, 12 foot wide goods, and then all the seams are hot welded. So you have no means for bacteria to get trapped and you know create problems. So the the tile, the cost, the the labor to install it is really what what drives, or in this case doesn't drive the demand for tile. The LVT and the ceramic tile are roughly the same cost. I mean, if you take a a piece of LVT and a piece of tile, they're the same price per square foot on average. But then you've got mortar, you've got grout, you've got the labor to install the tile. And it's, you know, right now, LV, ceramic tile is about three times the cost hmm. installed as LVT. But it also probably wears three times as long. So, you know, do the math. I know we're going to be doing a renovation project with our main bank in, in Chippewa. In Chippewa. Yep. And we have tile there that was installed in 1991. And although the color is probably a bit dated as far as it's, the wear it, it still it looks like it looks like 1991. So, I mean, it does, it wears like iron. There's no doubt about that. Well, and, you know, we have seen over the course of the last couple of years, you know, people always ask me, what's, what's the most bulletproof flooring out there? And I would tell them, terrazzo. It's been around forever. You walk into any government building, you look down, there's going to be terrazzo. We are covering up terrazzo to put LVT over it. That baffles me. Hmm. Absolutely baffles me. I remember when uh, City of Eau Claire redid City Hall, and kind of the same thing, too, where you'd see these renovations that had occurred over the time in the 50s and the 70s and maybe even the early 90s and you know the the, the beautiful ceilings were all put into right. the drop down ceilings and you know the the great wooden floors were covered over by by carpeting and in some cases i think historically they had they weren't bad and what they they did i mean granted there was an era of energy conservation and, Correct. and whatnot but uh boy they had some beautiful architecture yeah i i still look at terrazzo floors and and just scratch my head as to why anybody would want to cover that up with can they even do those anymore oh yeah yeah well, it's it's that's spendy that's very expensive but you you want something that's going to last my lifetime your lifetime kids lifetime terrazzo well, i want to move forward here because we're going to get close on time <laughs> but there's a few more things i want to talk about so currently you know how do you see your business right now in terms of just volume and going forward, and what does the near-term outlook look like for the Chippewa Valley? God, Jerry, if I could answer that, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) We sit and scratch our head quarterly, yearly, wondering when is the bubble going to burst? Is this year, is this the year when, you know, things start to tail off? And by no means are Dave and I the sharpest knives in the drawer. Um, you know, so we, you know, we kind of lean on, you know, some of our big, uh, you know, construction manager partners and, you know, these are multi hundred million dollar, multi billion dollar companies. And I listen to some of them go, yep, next year is going to be slow and next year comes and it's busier than it was the year before. So I don't know that anyone's got the answer to it right now. Um, we look, you know, looking at our fiscal year right now, we're doing very, very well. We've got a full summer. We've got probably a 
half to three quarter full fall. And we've already got projects booked for next year. So. And I asked the question in full honesty and ignorance, because these, even as a banker, people ask, right. ask me that. And if you had told, asked me a year ago, you know, where is it going to be? And, every, you know, you thought interest rates going to be going up. And, of course, you know, the all the pieces were in place to at least, if not have a recession, to certainly, you know, the Fed look to be managing a slowdown. Correct. And, all right, so, are, you know, do you want to, you know, do you really want to lean into that? Are you going to say, no, people are going to start backing off? We haven't seen a back off right. either. And, and that, to me, is 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 perplexing. Right. So, I mean, we've, same thing, we get asked the question, and I say, well, with construction, when I say delays, I don't mean delays in the sense that the project's going bad. It's just the, the time it takes for some of these projects to mature interest rates, construction materials, uh, cost of shipping goods, COVID. I mean, how many more things can you throw at an economy where it just bullets bounce off and it just keeps moving forward? So, Jeff, I'm going to ask, I want to have enough question, enough time to give you kind of time to answer this last one for me. You know, so your advice for business owners or new business owners I mean, you obviously have gone through a, a lot. You had you know, work elsewhere. You now work with, with Dave. Uh, but I know a lot of young entrepreneurs listening to this program. What would your ideas, give me a couple of few things, you know, if you were starting off today and someone says, you know, gee, Dave, you know, I'm running this business or I'm a subcontract. I want to, you know, my own paint business. I'm going to start in my electrical work, whatever. What would you tell them? I'm not going to say it's an easy question to answer, but it's something that both myself and Dave still find ourselves asking ourselves every day. And I would say the, the, the best thing advice I can offer people is have a plan, stick to the plan until the plan doesn't work and make sure you have options A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, and don't just be set on one path. We have said, all right, this is what we're doing, and this is going to work. And six months later, we go, all right, that didn't work. Now what? <laughs> so <laughs> I, that's the best advice I can give is just have a plan. But if it doesn't work, don't be afraid to change the plan. The worst thing you can do is just keep doing the same thing over and over again and failing. So change. Well, that's a great way to wrap this program up. So, uh, Jeff, thanks so much for joining oh, us. Thank it's you. This was fantastic. It's been a great day. Uh, thank you for listening to uh, Jeff and I chat over a beer today. If you like what you've heard, please give Banker with the Beer a five-star rating or review at Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about us and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Northwestern Bank website, or wherever you listen to your podcast from. Banker with the Beer is sponsored by Northwestern Bank, building stronger communities where people matter.